Recently, I came across a post on Facebook where someone was sharing their irritation at worship songs that have repeating phrases or repetition of certain things like Yeshua and saying Yeshua over and over again. Even so far as this person saying this is occultic or New Age mysticism. Um, what is being said? Is it biblical? If what is being said is biblical and is a truth, even if it seems somewhat shallow or something that you know, there's nothing wrong with saying it five million times in a row. Lest we forget the angels in heaven sing, holy, holy, holy are you Lord almighty, Lord of hosts for all eternity, <laughs> which is a lot longer than a 30 minute or a 10 minute worship song. But of course I can also understand to some level the kind of like annoyance at a song that seems to just repeat a phrase over and over and over again. We want something deep, we want something like theological and rich and there's a place for songs like that but okay i'll give a story there was a song i remember growing up with and it really irritated me because <laughs> part of the song went you you are you are god you are god 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 repeat 500 times <laughs> now yes it annoyed me especially when i was young going to that church that sang that song because it's like okay this is really shallow we got this. Can we move on to the next, like <laughs> something more to this song? But I guess I just want to bring some, um, some thought to this issue of repetition in worship music. And that is, is it biblical? Is it true? You might not be your cup of tea or your favorite worship song, but if it is biblical and it is true, there's nothing wrong with it. You, you are, you are God, you are God, God, God. Well, he is God. And if we need to say it five million times for us to get it through our head, and sometimes it's actually a good thing to repeat something in a song many times for it to actually not just hear it in our minds, but hear it in our soul. There is something that comes when you repeat something over and over and over again, that there is a greater level of depth that you start to realize, you start to understand there is revealed to you as you say, as you make a proclamation over and over and over again. You, you know, if I'm going to use this song as an example, you you are you are not just was but you are god you are god not me that might not be my favorite worship song but it's a biblical truth that someone might really need to say as a proclamation to god that no i am not god you are god he was he is and he is to come he is the i am you know worship it can often be that we're just there we're singing and our our minds are somewhat there but our hearts are absent that we're just repeating words but where is our heart and sometimes the repetition is really great because it gets it into us just like repeating bible verses to memorize you know if you sing a song that says a phrase 200 times you will have memorized that phrase and if it's biblical and it's true no matter how simple it is that's a good thing and especially for someone who needs that simple message as well. Think about Psalm 136 that says, I believe it's 25 or 26 times, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. Every other verse, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his love endures forever. There's a place and a need to repeat certain truths and so that it can break up the hard, rocky soil in our hearts from the, the busyness and distractions of our own lives, but also just our own pride our own uh sins addictions whatever that the holy spirit needs to convict us of um, our own struggles when we need to sing something like you you are you are god 
you are God, God, God. And yes, there is a place and also a need for songs that have rich theological depth as well as biblical truths that go deep and that are beautiful, that are praising our King, that are, that are lifting up His name. But there is also a place, again, for worship songs that are, that are singing of our struggles, but then lifting up Him and saying, as you're going through this thing, turn to God, turn to God. I'm going to give an example of, <laughs> I'll I'd make an admission, actually. I'll make a confession here. When I was young, I grew up in a more conservative environment in my teens. Um, the long uh, dresses and the skirts and um, super hyper-conservative uh, upbringing and just the way we saw the world based on the, the movement that we were a part of. And it had its issues because it did idolize certain things. Um, the good things that scripture does promote, it made it an idol. And anyways, I came to see and was taught that the only good worship music were the hymns of old. Don't get me wrong. I love hymns. I still love hymns. There's so many beautiful ones that I think it's great to still sing. Absolutely. And I think more fellowships should incorporate hymns into their worship. But because of the teaching of that time frame in my life, it was that hymns were the only acceptable form of worship because they had to sing songs. They had to sing things like, a mighty fortress is our God. You know, and we had to sing, you know, Be Thou My Vision, beautiful songs. But if it wasn't those songs, it wasn't worship. If it was what we call nowadays contemporary Christian worship music, you know, something that's more modern, (laughs) then it was unacceptable uh, before God. And yeah, but I had to realize how wrong I was when one day as I was in college and I was really struggling, actually, uh, with uh, deadlines, with with life, (laughs) with my uh, multiple jobs I was working, um, I was going through a hard time in my life. I was really struggling with depression, um, suicidal thoughts, and hopelessness. I really needed God, (laughs) and I needed to hear His voice his words of hope and of life. And as I was driving home from university back to my place, I turned on our radio station to listen to the Christian worship station. And God used that contemporary (laughs) Christian music to speak to me and to save me in that moment. Because as I had thoughts of of death, of self-hatred, a song came on called It's Good to Be Alive by Jason Gray. The song that pointed me back to God in my moments of despair, in this place of being at, feeling like I'm at the bottom of a pit and everything was closing in around me. I needed to hear this song that even just a few days before I would have considered unacceptable worship because it didn't fit my standard. But remember, the songs aren't about worshiping me. They're about worshiping our king. Lest we make ourselves and put ourselves on his throne, he actually takes joy in the praises of his people, even if it looks a little different than what you might have grown up with or are accustomed to. If you come before the king and you are praising him with a pure heart, no matter what that is now, yes, biblically and true, of course, but if you're coming to praise him and to worship him and to lift him up, he accepts and rejoices 
and the praise of his people. Now, some people might say, well, there's certain worship songs that were written by um, uh, groups that we don't agree with that have issues. And yes, that's, that's a thing. This is more a matter of a personal choice. But if the song itself has biblical truth, I believe there can be a place for that because I have seen and I have experienced certain songs that were written by groups that I don't support um, because of certain leaderships doing certain things. But again, throughout my life, coming across a song on a radio, I don't know who wrote the song. I just know that that song, which has biblical truth, which spoke to my moment and brought life and truth and freedom. Another thing I have read online in regards to worship, I've seen people claim that worship can be emotional manipulation. That that soft piano playing in the background while the pastor's praying, or that um, longer time of worship following the Holy Spirit's leading is attempting to manipulate the the emotions um, of the people in the audience. Can there be those who who use things for wrong motives? I mean, I'm sure. But the issue at hand is that it is good and biblical to experience emotion. If you are in love with your spouse, and you speak words of adoration to that person, right? To your husband and to your wife. And you don't feel any emotion of love or, or joy or peace being in their presence and being with them, then you're just saying words. It's, it's part of the experience of being in a relationship that you're not just saying things, but that you really actually, you feel it from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes and your heart and your soul and your mind that as you know, Yeshua said, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything that you have that God has given you, including your emotions, you are to, to love him with and to show the adoration. And so when we experience these emotions of um, just being overwhelmed with God's presence, his love, and we're feeling something that maybe we've never felt before, that isn't a manipulation. <laughs> that is experiencing God's presence and his love. And it's a good thing. Yes, there are perhaps those who can um, you know, you have to go to a fellowship that is uplifting God, not uplifting themselves, not trying to um, use their sermons or their um, whatever, anything they do to build their own kingdom, um, to hide sins. Of course, you need to look at their fruits because, of course, a fellowship, a church, a leadership that is more focused on building up themselves, their own kingdom, will have things that um, bear bad fruit in the way they handle things, the way they do things. But if you're going to a fellowship that is trying and doing their best to uplift God, to run after Yeshua, um, it is good if they have a worship time that goes longer than normal, that that they let the Holy Spirit lead and guide, that you experience an emotion that God gave you of love, adoration, of shalom, peace, um, of joy, of hope, all the fruits of the Spirit that God has given. Uh, this is a wonderful and beautiful thing. If a worship song is speaking to your heart in such a way that it's drawing and bringing conviction, if it is um, speaking to you in a deeper way that's not just a mental or a knowledge sort of way in your brain, but actually ripping at your heart and calling out your sin, that is a good thing. That is not manipulation. If it is a song or a worship um, moment that is revealing your need for a savior, if that song is revealing that you... <laughs> 
You need God, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that you've been created for a purpose, or that you need to let go of all the idols you've been raising up in your life. If that song is speaking to you in a personal way, if it is bringing conviction, if it is doing something that feels uncomfortable, (laughs) or it is bringing hope and joy, you can say you're feeling emotions. These are a good thing, and these are good emotions to feel. And that is a part of worship. That is a beautiful thing. And that is good in the sight of our Father. It's possible that the person who made the claim that um, the soft piano playing in the background as someone is speaking or praying, that it's emotional manipulation, that they experienced hurt or abuse of that from a, a past experience. But we need to be careful that we don't allow abusive past experiences color our vision to the actual biblical truth before us. And that, yes, There are those who do things wrong and incorrectly, but let us not turn away from the biblical truth of what is good, what is beautiful and true worship and the emotions God has given us. I share all this because worship is so important in our relationship with the Father. And really, as we come into his presence with that thanksgiving, we need to be careful that we don't spend that time of worship pointing our fingers at others who are also worshiping him, even if it looks or sounds a little different than us. I mean, if you go to a different culture, their worship or their words, the way they do it might look and sound different than the way we do it. But the key is where is our heart and is it biblically true? Even if it is not as rich or as deep, or if it is, if the style is different than you grew up with, is it biblical? Is it true? and encouraging others to also come before him in worship. I believe that's why Yeshua used the term worship in John chapter 4 when he said he is calling worshipers who worship in spirit and truth. Because when you are worshiping, your heart and your mind and your your eyes, you're focused on the king alone. You're not looking to your right. You're not looking to your left. You're not making comparisons, condemnations, and judgment. You're not, there's unity because you are looking to him alone. And that is the heart we need to have as a body of Messiah, running together and serving our King, glorifying Yeshua, preaching the gospel, having a heart of worship, and coming together to praise Him, even if it means repeating certain phrases to get it through our thick skulls so that we can have not just a mind transformation, but a heart transformation so that His truth can not only change us, but now through us, change others. I hope this short video blessed you and I will see you in the next video. Blessings.